Hello, Wizards fans. It's another edition of Off the Bench. It's actually us getting ready for the regular season. The preseason games are over. Jamoke Davis here with Jeremy Hyman and Jacob Rame as we get ready for the Washington Wizards taking on the Atlanta Hawks in Atlanta to kick off the NBA regular season. This is why we play. Uh, this is why we podcast. So you can hear me, Jeremy, and Jacob talk about the Washington Wizards and the NBA. They actually they play the games in that league, and will we love ask, talking about them. Will you ask Jacob if the season's here, Jamoka? Jacob, can we now say the, the season is officially here? Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> Thursday. A few more days, I guess we have to wait before Jacob gives us the official, the official tag, Jamoka. <laughs> the official tag. I'll, I'll go ahead and say that the season is here. Because we had our first real regular season practice today. Ooh. Uh, how, about, how about we start there? We're going to throw out the script for a little bit. What, what, is, what has been the biggest difference from what you're saying is a preseason practice, Jeremy, to now a regular season practice? Did you notice anything different today? Well, from what, from what Scott Brooks and what John Wall kind of, who we talked to afterwards, they kind of alluded to that it was it was a hard hard fought practice today, and that's something that Coach Brooks has really been trying to stay away from a lot during you know working on how much time on the court versus how much time in the film room to go over during the preseason. And I'm sure they had some hard practices in preseason. It's not like it's not like the script was that much different. But um, John Wall kind of said that at the beginning of practice, he said that. You know, I don't know if the intensity level was quite where they wanted it to be, so they stopped and halted practice for a little bit, and then kind of got them together and said, "This isn't this isn't acceptable. Mm-hmm. W- you know, this is the real th- season now. We have to go hard every practice. Give it all you got." And then he said it got really intense and physical, um, and that was kind of you kind of get a sense. You know, obviously practice is closed f- to the media, so we yeah. don't get to watch it. But that's kind of the idea we got from what they you know what we heard afterwards. Um, and Co- Brooks said that they're going to, you know, everything is scripted and everything is that there's a plan. So today was a harder <laughs> practice. Tomorrow will be a little bit lighter. Wednesday will be even lighter with a game on Thursday. So it's kind of all they script it all out so that they're, you know, they're not overworking the guys before mm-hmm. the, f- the first real game on Thursday night. Jacob. So we got we got the scoop from Jeremy. The season is upon us. They're playing a little harder. They went four and three in this preseason. What did you see from this team that gets you excited about getting the regular season underway? I mean, look no further than the last preseason game against Toronto. Um, in the final tune-up, the team clicked on all cylinders. Um, the every single starter scored in double figures. Everybody looked good, and the. The offense was on a one pace. Jeremy, uh, I saw him break out the calculator. We were on pace to score. We were on pace to score 186 points That's in the right, first I quarter at one that. point, and and, um, and we rolled. I mean, I mean, <laughs> maybe DeRozan scored a couple more than you'd like, or but other than that, I mean, man, I mean, Beal shot the lights out. He looked Phenomenal. so good. I yeah, mean, Beal just a- looked. That was as good of a tune-up game as you could have going into the regular season. You really couldn't have asked for anything more in the final preseason game from any, really from any, any angle, any aspect. Uh, it was outstanding from everybody. The starters just destroyed Toronto starters, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna. Let's not jump to any kind of conclusions and trying to base the whole season off of a preseason game. To, you know, the final tune-up, but 
just feel as you know in terms of a mental state of what you want to you know what you want the guys thinking about what how you want them feeling going into the season you really couldn't have asked for anything more than what you saw in that Toronto game yeah and they won four of their last three preseason games two of them were blowouts um do you you know in the NFL they joke about hey preseason doesn't really matter right but I but I sense from you guys at least that Toronto game you know is sending a message for the it regular season, it, I mean, it you don't it only matter. It doesn't like let's say like uh, if you lose that Toronto game, right, and plays that way in the first half. Still, I'm still going to take a lot of positives from that Toronto game. Whereas if it's the regular season, you play that way in the first half and then lose the game. It, it, there are ve- there are few positives to take from it because a loss is a loss. And in that regard, I mean, it doesn't matter so much that we won or lost the game, and it doesn't matter in that regard, but individual performances certainly do matter. And -hmm. the way guys look and the way we're functioning and moving the ball, all that stuff absolutely matters. What doesn't matter is the final score at the end of the game. Yeah, and that's why, the you know, throw the record out. I don't care. Four and three, I don't care if they went seven and oh. I honestly wouldn't have cared if they really went oh and seven, even though obviously you don't want to lose every game you play in the preseason, but... You know, There's a certain level of pride that you yeah, want to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's but four and three is a perfectly yeah. fine number. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. I don't really, like, like Jacob said, I mean, look who was playing a lot at the end of the games. Like, who was deciding whether we won or lost for, you know, half of those guys aren't even on this team right now. So mm-hmm. let's not really judge wins and losses, but the performance and how they looked, how they played. As a whole, I thought the preseason was pretty good. Um, I think Beal looks really good right now. Uh, another thing, getting back to getting the the post practice sound from today with John Wall and his availability for the early parts of the year, he said he's you know he definitely feels good. He, everything has been no setbacks, but he's still he's probably not going to be playing 38 to 40 minutes at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. He said he's still going to talk to Coach Brooks about the minutes, and Brooks still hasn't worked out exactly what it's going to be minute there's not gonna he said there's not gonna be a limit or a necessarily like a, a minute count but John said he envisioned somewhere around 32 minutes most likely at the beginning of the year um, so that probably means actually like 35 or 36 maybe yeah it might have to do with how the game's going you know where they want to use them he also said he doesn't the area it's not necessarily the total minutes but it's playing maybe eight to ten minutes in a row like consecutive minutes can Mm -hmm. he go can he go hard for eight consecutive minutes he's still trying to ramp himself up in that regard so they'll have to kind of pick and choose maybe when they want to use them to play because you can't ask john in the fourth quarter of a game like john are you able he's gonna say yes no matter there's no way he's gonna sit he'll never take himself out of a game even if he knows like uh you know i don't feel a hundred percent he is never taking himself out. We and, know I mean, <laughs> rightfully in, in, so, in a lot right? of respects, rightfully <laughs> so. I mean, you know, John Wall at 80% gives us in, 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 no disrespect to any of the other guards on the team, but John Wall at 80% still is giving us a better chance to win the game. Right. But that's something we'll have to monitor. And then, you know, there's a bunch of back-to-backs in that n- month of November. Mm-hmm. How is John going to – how many Wouldn't hate to see him play? get some nights off in there, honestly. Yeah, it's not, I don't think it's out of the question that they might choose to sit wall for one of those this back-to-backs. Is, this is a marathon this uh, season. I don't think – they haven't – they really didn't do much of that the last few years. And who knows if that really – you know, if that really changed things, um, how much toll that put on his knees because he'll never ask to sit out. So – um, we'll have to keep an eye on that, but that's something we'll we'll certainly be monitoring over the first month of the year. 
we told people to to tweet their questions and predictions and we got a phone call but we're not going to take it because we're having a good conversation maybe someone was calling with a question we get a shout out casey phillips liked us and Haley mylon also liked us last from the past last from the past two former friends yeah so i was really excited about that and uh so let's move forward we're talking about the regular season uh, best case scenario, worst case scenario. I don't like it as a scenario, but I'm hoping that the fact that Yam Mahimi already got hurt is like our one bad luck of the season. I don't He'll think be that's back in four to six uh, weeks. I, unfortunately, <laughs> I don't think that's the way these things work. Let's, I, let's, I'll, I'll, I like that. That right. Way of let's cash it that. in. Let's cash it in. Beal's going to be healthy all season. Yeah. Wall is going to be healthy. We already had our bad luck with Yam Mahimi. And now we're going to have only positive things as, as we have a healthy roster for the season. Because that's a key to make it to the playoffs, right? Healthy roster. That yeah. helps. That helps. I mean, yeah, I mean, my, I was not, I'm not happy with Mahimi's early injury. I was really excited to see what he could do. I don't think we ever really got a good look at him in the preseason at all. Um, so we'll play the waiting game with him. But fortunately, we do, we do have the front court depth um, to withstand that loss for a little while. I mean... You, we know that marching can play heavy minutes. He's proved that. You know, Jason Smith is is an established seven footer in this league, and then you've got Nicholson and Morris, and plus some small ball options. So I mean, yeah, it uh, it is it is disappointing to not have Mahimi. I I was really excited to see the way he worked, particularly on the defensive end. But we're gonna get that. We're just gonna have to wait a little longer. And of course, you have those young guys in Sheldon and the two Daniels who also made the roster. A little bit surprised that Gerald Eddie didn't make it, but now you've got those young guys, you know, to kind of maybe fill out the roster. Did you see anything positive from any of the three of them? Obviously, the coaches saw something to want to bring them on for the regular season, but did you see anything that they can help contribute with this team for the regular season? Yeah, I think I think all three could make contributions. Um, like I, I think I, I forget who I said it to, but I said, you know, if the Wizards are counting on these guys for major contributions or need these guys to be big-time impact players and something has gone probably Daniel ver- House, Daniel Ochafu, and yeah, Sheldon Ch- McClellan. Yeah, the three rookies that all mm-hmm. made the team. Um, you know, you never want to rely on these guys because these are, you know, these are the guys at the end of the bench, at the end of the roster. Sometimes they'll be active. Sometimes they probably won't. But, you know, Give them all credit. All three guys were undrafted. All three guys played on the Wizards summer league team. So let's not, you know, when we remember, remember when we talked about summer league when we did those mm-hmm, podcasts mm-hmm. over the summer, and we said this isn't your this isn't your typical summer league team because there's guys on this roster, see Ochefu, McClellan, and House, three guys that went undrafted that, that we signed on that team that all made an impression. It wasn't just the games because they weren't. I mean. They didn't Mc- play that much in McClellan, the preseason. Well, and McClellan and Ochefu didn't. They didn't play that well out in the Vegas Summer League. I mean, they mm-hmm. didn't shine. House played very well. Yeah. The other two, they didn't do too much out there. Nothing that would have said, "Oh my God, these guys are definitely making the team." But we only see that the games are a limited sample size of what we see. There's those five or six practices leading up to the summer league, the, the summer league practices, then the training in this September when they were here training with the, uh, with the team, then, then all the practices during the preseason. I mean, we see so little of what the actual coaches see and how they make these yeah. evaluations. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they played, I thought they played well when they had their chances in the preseason didn't play a ton but they i thought they played it played well and now it's moving forward 
Sure, we could see them get thrown in. I don't think any of them are going to be in the initial rotation, assuming everyone's healthy. Um, so you might not see them play, at least not any meaningful minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll no, you'll play. probably see two of them be inactive most nights. Yeah. Right. Well, Mahimi's obviously right. going to be inactive, so one guy will probably be inactive for the beginning. I like Sheldon's moxie. I feel like he has a certain level of confidence that even if, you know, like you said, his summer league may not have been spectacular. If if that alone will help him be able to not be afraid when he's on the court with LeBron James or, you yeah. know, any other other superstars, you know, with Golden State Warriors, he'll go toe-to-toe with anybody, and I like that. Um, maybe not to the X-factor level, but I want to get to that. Who would you say, Jacob, will start with you, the MVP of this team this year and the X-factor to take a step up? Okay, so if I am – if the MVP of this team is not John Wall, something's gone wrong. Okay. And you can probably file that under one of my like worst-case scenarios for the coming season. He's the most talented player on this team. He is a he is a three-time consecutive All-Star. He is blossoming into a to a legitimate bona fide superstar. And there and there there are more steps that he can take. Like there's there there's there's a, there are there are more levels that this guy can get to. So I mean. In terms of our most valuable player, I think it's he's a there's a lock that it's John Wall, and if it's not either a player, probably only Beal takes some sort of ridiculous leap, or <laughs> or or something's gone wrong. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that's true to an extent. I don't know if it's as extreme as Jacob makes it. I think. I mean. I don't like to compare like who's is John Wall, Bradley Beal, who's you know how much better is one than the other because they're different players and they complement each other. I think they complement each other a lot and they do different things. But um, I think if Beal, you know, we always say you have to preface his if he stays healthy. But you know, assuming Beal plays seventy something games this year, um, and you know if he's averaging over twenty something points a game. And plays like a you know a real star shooting guard. You know I don't know if you know if you have to label one the MVP, one the co MVP, one you know, you know, one one A one B type thing. But um, I think you know John's John has been the best player on this team for you know the past few years. He's uh, he's three time All Star. Beal's yet to make an All Star team. I mean Beal hasn't been healthy enough to do it yet. Mm-hmm. But I think Beal is certainly capable of taking a jump and being you know, that co-MVP type guy on this team. Um, I don't know if you want, you know, however you want to label, it's kind of, I don't, I don't put that much stock into that. Yeah. But, but um, you well, know. The I thing for me is I feel like John is the MVP. But then when I was thinking about it, I was like, that to me makes Bradley Beal the X factor because if he stays healthy, he's the one who could help this team take that next leap. Sure, and yeah, with the injuries, he hasn't been fair. available. And at first I was going to make like, oh, we need Kelly Oubre to be the X Factor. If he takes the next step up, that's the guy we need off the bench to provide scoring. But no, realistically, to me, the X Shout Factor out, is no. Off is, the bench. Yes, off the bench. It is. That's the name of the show. Oh, there my go. gosh. This is getting out of control. But no, that's your, ridiculous. Your point, but I think you're, you're, just, you're just playing semantics with what you want to describe as an X factor. But your, your point you're making is definitely right. That if, if you want to call Bradley Beal as an X factor because we need him to do something that he hasn't 
hasn't been able to do for a full season yet, then yeah, that's absolutely true. If the mm-hmm. Wizards are going to you know, be a top team in the East and make a run in the playoffs, the first thing they need to happen is Wall and Beal to be on the court for most of the season and play like all-stars and be the two leaders of this team, which they are... That's what they're expected to do, and that's what the the team needs them to do to be a top team. All right. Well, I'm still going to go with Kelly Oubre as my X factor. <laughs> um, also a fair point. Right. I mean, so we're just discussing semantics. So I'm going to throw his name out there. Look, I mean, I don't think it's any secret to any of us that the second unit last year struggled for long periods at a time, and they where they really struggled was somebody putting the ball in the basket. And I think that um, I think that Kelly showed showed this preseason that. He's ready to score and play at the NBA level, and so some somebody's got to score on the second unit. And I mean, you know, Marcus Thornton can score a little, Burke can score a little, Nicholson's all these guys can score a little. But you would love to have a guy off the bench that you know is going to consistently get you buckets. And I think Kelly really has the potential to be that guy. He's got he's you know he's still a kid and he's twenty years old, mm-hmm. but uh, and there could be some inconsistencies and stuff in there. But his upside is is high, and he looked so good this preseason that I'm I find myself dreaming on him anchoring the second unit and and being the go-to guy on the second unit all right uh, that's what Jacob dreams about (laughs) we now know Jacob's dreams (laughs) of Kelly Oubre with your fiance do you wake up in cold sweats like oh my gosh (laughs) Kelly Oubre yeah maybe we shouldn't I hope his fiance doesn't listen this needs to be taken out in post this got taken to a place that I junior junior Guys, uh, we don't we don't want to know. I mean, she's probably would be upset if she knew that he was dreaming <laughs> about <laughs> Kelly Oubre on the <laughs> second unit. Kelly, but Kelly, Kelly, K E L L Y. To, to, get, to back on Jacob's point, just quickly, I think he's definitely right, and he has the capability to be a key guy on that second unit. But I think where Kelly could really be an X factor this year is the guy you throw in to cover the other team's best player, Ooh. and I think that's something that he's already athletically able to do and creates real real problems for even star players i think he's ready to take on that role of so long he's so long he he really creates problems for top guys that handle the ball well you know he can cover any position Mm -hmm. um you know i don't know if i throw him on a center but i was gonna say i'd like to him against anthony davis might like no but almost almost any yeah almost any position i think he could legitimately cover and you know the guy i'm talking about a lot of the wings those top scoring wings i don't know paul george carmelo anthony yeah um those kind of guys you you know they start to get hot a little bit kelly comes off the bench both those guys killed us last year yeah they did and you throw kelly on him and you know maybe he he bothers people and he kind of uh, sometimes he can annoy players it annoys me the the hair and everything there's there's a certain like i mean just kidding. You know, there's a certain like level of swagger you need to have to be an elite defender. Mm-hmm. Like the idea that like, give me your best, I'm not going to let you beat me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, he and he's got that swagger. Oh yeah. Shh. 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 We don't yeah. want too many people to get that. No, nobody, nobody is wavier <laughs> than Kelly Oubre. <laughs> All right, predictions on the season. What do you? What playoff seed do you see? Number of wins, losses. If if you want, I'll throw mine out there first. My prediction is forty three and thirty nine, and they get the six seed. Okay, that's that's probably a fair. That's about. I think that's where our friends in Vegas have them. I believe right around forty three wins. If if you are into that sort of thing, yes, which none of us are. None of us are. But um, 
but I believe our friends out there have set the bar right around that 43 win mark. And a lot of people are picking them around that that sort of mark. Obviously, off a of 41 and 41 season, it's probably fair. I'm going to be a little more optimistic. Okay. I, I think um, I'm going to go that they get back to the 46 win mark, Ooh, which 46? I believe was where they finished two years ago. Yes, with 46 Paul Pierce. wins. Yep, 46. Um, I think that that's. The last two years, I think I've picked them to win 50 games, and both times it has backfired on me. <laughs> so I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit on my 50-win prediction, Pause. which they haven't done, <laughs> and they haven't done in a quite a long time. This franchise has not won 50 wins, has a 50-win season 40 years yeah. almost, getting close to. But Goodness, that would be fun. But, yeah, that would be. But I'll say 46 wins, I think, is a fair, and I don't know where that's going to land them, somewhere in the middle of the Eastern Conference in a playoff spot, so... You might you might find that like the difference between the two and the eight this season is yeah it's is probably really not going to be very much. Frankly, the two and the eleventh could be a it could is probably going to be like a handful of games. I think um, I think it's going to be extraordinarily competitive. I'm going to say I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with uh, seventy one and eleven for the record. <laughs> wow, <laughs> no, I'm just look I'm out. Just, I'm just kidding. Um, I'll probably just say I'll just probably split the difference between Jamoke and Jeremy. I'll say we get forty-four and a half wins this season. Four to four and a half. Yeah. Forty-four. Forty-four okay. and a half. Um, and yeah, and somewhere in the three to seven range in the East. No, come on! You got to give us a, a better seed than that. What? No, no, I'm sorry, not a higher one. A better oh, you prediction. Mean I need a better you prediction. can't be three to seven. All right, I'll say we get the five and we hit the road the for round one and upset somebody. Yeah, Toronto just again, like, just like two years ago. Yeah, and three years ago. Indiana was before that, yeah. right? Or yeah. Jeremy and I were going through our um, our tweets at the end of that series uh, <laughs> a couple of days ago. Oh man, that's that was. Oh yeah, because we had the Raptors back here. It brought up that some was, great memories. That was so fun. All right, if we can go further and further off the bench now that we got our predictions out of the way, we got a forty-six win, forty-four wins, forty-three. Too? No, we won't do worst case. <laughs> okay. I think we. Le- I left the worst case scenario at like injuries, like worst yeah, case I scenario. Mean, we have any more yeah. injuries? Okay, That'd um, be pretty much all of my worst case scenarios revolve around a certain point guard getting hurt. Jacob, <laughs> yesterday, Jeremy ruined our Sundays. Not he me. ruined our Sunday. Not me. Yeah, he did. You're, yeah, he did. Uh, you are incorrectly labeling me no. as a Washington Redskins fan. No, come on. You you root for the the brotherhood of the Washington football team. I root team for my fantasy and the Detroit and Lions. I happen to have wagered on that. Oh, day. come on. The Detroit Lions had no business whatsoever winning that game. Oh, I'm s- In wait. over 60 seconds, they go down the field and beat the Washington football team. I don't, I don't like it, Jeremy. What do you that mean they don't have What do you mean they didn't have reason to Cuz we have we have game. playoff aspirations. They were supposed to be rebuilding the Lions with are the fine. loss no, of Megatron. Okay, you need to understand Jamoke. the Redskins are terrible. They are not Terrible! How they're, could you call them terrible? They're terrible. They are not terrible. You know, how many points did they score yesterday, Jim? Okay, seventeen. Seventeen. I don't think the no. Redskins are a terrible. Twenty. Team. Excuse me. Twenty. Twenty-three. Twenty was the final. Was wow. How many? Twenty-seventeen. Yes, it they was. They scored it was. seventeen points against a putrid. And excuse me, Jeremy. Putrid Detroit <laughs> now, Lions. Now he's defense. throwing shade at both. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I don't. The Lions' defense has had its issues. So you but know what? It was three three at the half. I was like, Lions. "This is embarrassing." Yeah, you're, you're falling like. That's all the more reason why Washington should have won that game. They, yesterday. they shot them. The Redskins really shot themselves in the, the foot. Wait, Some so bad many turnovers. mistakes. Just the marks 
of a bad bad turnovers and bad penalties at crucial times Mark, really really cost marks them. of a bad team. But I'll take the win. Three You'll wins take in the a win. row for Detroit. How about that? Huh? I got some What's pride. going on? Some I love pride. Matthew Stafford as a quarterback. I've always like hey, really he's liked him. the best co- football of his career yeah. right now. And you made someone wear a Matthew Stafford jersey all day today. That's we right. We won't call a, him or her out. Okay, but that was embarrassing to. to see it. <laughs> we don't have to, but <laughs> I did a double quite, take when I watched it. Practice. Practice. You it said she, Jacob. Quite, quite a reaction around <laughs> the Wizards practice court. Let's just say that. I bet. I am sh- the players and coaches all took notice. Mm-hmm. I they, know they, they did. They had some words for, I know they for this individual. <laughs> for this individual. Okay. Now, by the time this goes okay, up, the, I need to go ahead. Go ahead. Backtrack. The Redskins are not. Terrible. Terrible. I probably have, if I was picking six teams right now, I probably have them just on the outside looking into the playoff (laughs) picture, but they're not. That is obviously very harsh. That is very harsh. And we would never say that about Baltimore. Oh, I don't like the Ravens either. Wait, I thought you were a Ravens fan. No, I don't have a football team. I think they lost four in a row. Wow. I thought for sure it was Ravens too. So, like, to tell a little story, I mean, growing up, like I got caught in the middle of all my friends being Redskins fans and and my parents being absolutely diehard New York Giants fans and like stuffing me into Giants onesies on Sunday that when I was like <laughs> way too big for these onesies but they thought it brought the Giants good luck and yeah, um, yeah. and I ended up as a, as a child being a big Dan Marino fan but eventually I I I grew out of um I grew out of that Marino fandom because there was no nothing really associated with it and then um, I became a Redskins fan, and um, I and found that. And, there. But the thing is, is that like when you don't, I've I found personally that like, especially as I've like uh, Mature, worked in sports and up, have really yeah. had to narrow my focus on sports, is that like the the sports teams that like have mean the most to me still are the ones that were have were like like ingra- ingrained in me at a young age, and as that I've child. like cared about and chewed passionately for, and the. And I just, I just never felt that way for the Redskins, and as a result, I. That's probably how I'm still an Orioles fan, even though I know the Nats are here. But my dad would take me up. Oh to my God. Orioles game. I mean, Yard, you know, you. I mean, you guys both know that I eat, sleep, and breathe Orioles baseball. Yeah. That's that's that's. That, so let's send it on baseball. I think, I think we've gone off the rails. We have, here. we have, but we're way off. The I mean, bench. I was telling, I was, I was telling personal stories here. That, I, I enjoyed so. that, Jeremy. Last, I mean, if the listeners gotten this far, they yes. really, it's nuggets. <laughs> last, well, uh, last. Last I was story. dreaming about Kelly Oubre during that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Last thing. Are you excited about the World Series? Who do you want to win? Okay, so. Should I? You want me to start? Yeah, yeah I, go I, ahead. Yes, I am excited. I'm excited for the Cubs. Um, obviously, 108 years is a long time to wait for a championship. So, yeah. I'm pulling for the Cubs. But uh, but I have nothing. You know, I'm a big Francona fan. I have nothing against Cleveland. If they win, it's been what, 70 years or something for yeah. them. So it's been a long time for that fan base, too. But uh, I, uh, hopefully it'll be a fun series. I'll try to watch as many as I can. So here's here's the thing for me, okay? And that's that, I mean, you catch you catch a lot of like Cubs fans are like, oh, we haven't won in so many years. Well, so here's the deal, right? I'm 30 years old. There hasn't been an Orioles championship in my lifetime either. Uh-huh. I feel personally as though I have the exact same life experience as every Cubs fan <laughs> in the world, essentially. <laughs> yes. So, for me personally, I'm I don't I'm annoyed hearing all of this, <laughs> and so I'm pulling for the Indians <laughs> and for the Cubs. The Cubs fans can continue complaining, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Um, basically, I'm really- basically, Schadenfreude right here. I like. 
You know, the, the the whole thing, like, when the Cubs made the World Series and literally the reaction on, like, social media, like, talking to my friends was the Chicago Cubs had won the World Series. It was like there wasn't even a World Series to play. And I loved the Indians' Twitter account subtly, like, reminded everybody, like, hey, they you, haven't guys, won you guys still yet. have to win the World <laughs> Series. You guys still have to come <laughs> open the series on Tuesday yeah, night against yeah. Corey Kluber. Like, I, I'm taking the Indians. I'm, I'm rooting for the Indians Cubs. Indians in three. Because when I... It was probably the first team outside of the Orioles that I really like the fans. I feel like they're really passionate and care about their team. And I really love going to Wrigley Field. It just, it so was my, just majestic. My one experience at Wrigley Field, I was uh, I did a ballpark tour of the U.S., not quite on the level of Jeremy's, Jeremy did which a is a story of another day. Yeah, but, that is. Um, we, did, we did a whole Midwestern tour of all the ballparks, and I was like... I was like 13 or 14 years old, and I was probably about five feet tall. I grew a lot in high school, but um, and I sat behind a pole and didn't see any baseball. <laughs> and so my opinion of Wrigley Field is is that I need to make is that I need to get back and sit not behind okay. a pole. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. No more sitting behind poles for Jeremy or Jacob. Pause. As we are going to be at the media table. For Washington Wizards game. So you don't have to worry about your view for that. And you don't have to worry about our views when you listen to us talk about Washington Wizards because we had a great podcast. We didn't even like talk opening road trip or anything like that. Well, Atlanta, Memphis. How are we feeling? I mean, I'd love. Jeremy, we'd all be happy sorry, with. I was I was napping during the stories. <laughs> I was sorry. We'd all okay. be, we'd all we'd all be happy with with one and one coming home from Atlanta and Memphis, right? I, I Absolutely. think we would be. Yeah. Absolutely. I would certainly take a split. These are two tough teams they're going to go play. Okay, and we have seven games before our next episode. What do you think their record is? At Atlanta, at Memphis, why are, Toronto, why we're limiting. We're limiting ourselves. Well, I thought we would Hard do every two weeks. two weeks now. I thought we'd do every two weeks. You want to do every week? That's fair. Two weeks is good. That'll give me more time to nap. <laughs> but um, I'm up for going every day. What do you need a prediction for the first two weeks? Yeah. We got uh, two against Atlanta. Toronto at home, Memphis, Orlando on the road, a back-to-back Atlanta, Orlando, and then Houston. Dwight Howard coming here. Dwight Howard plays I for mean, Atlanta. I mean, Dwight Howard, right, for Atlanta. Yeah, we're going to see him me. opening night. Yes, um, and then James Harden coming here with Houston. Yeah, you know I'm not a big prediction guy, Jamoke, with these things, but let's hope, let's hope they're going to play well, um, come out of the gate strong. Um, certainly, I'd hope for over 500 over these next two weeks, but... It's a tough schedule. We went over that last time. It's a very tough schedule to start the year. So, And they're going to be mixing and matching a lot of new new pieces that we haven't seen before, how it all comes together. So um, I'm just I'm going to hope that they're, that they're playing the right kind of basketball and getting off to a good start and one uh, kind of basketball that we, uh, you know, that we'll enjoy watching. All right, there we go. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I'll say after these, after these six games before our next episode because I can count. Um, no, I said, what did I you say? You said seven. seven. Oh, not, so no. before Boston. Sorry, before our seventh game. I, I think that I'll say we we win in Atlanta on opening night. Yeah. Lose to Memphis in Memphis. Actually, I'm going to switch those. We lose to Atlanta on opening night, win in Memphis, win the home opener against Toronto, um, repay the favor against Ooh, Atlanta on our I like court, it. go into Orlando and win. Lose to Houston at home. Four and two to start the season. And four and two to start the season. I like that. I'm going to stick with that too. Four and two. I think those are the same wins. 
I think we're on the same page. But really, I, like I want it. six and zero. Oh. Yeah, that'd be nice because then we get some hype, some real hype going to the season. All right, hope we got you hype for Washington Wizards basketball regular season. We're here, Jacob. We're here at the regular season. I'm looking forward to it. We are. I mean, I we are Jeremy here. Hyman is. Spurs Warriors tomorrow night. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Or when okay. you're listening to this, it'll be when you're listening to this, it'll be tonight because we're yes, filming it on yes, Monday night. Yes. Hope you enjoyed the uh, podcast. We talked a little baseball as well and a little football. Sorry right. about that tangent. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. It was fun though. It's a lot of fun. Now you get to know a, a little bit more about us with other teams. Take care for now, everybody. For Jacob Raymond, Jeremy Hyman, I'm Jamoke Davis. Ciao for now. Mm-hmm.